Greta Christina, thank you so much for joining us on Reasonable Doubts. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So we have you on to talk about your new book, Coming Out Atheist, How to Do It, How to Help Each Other, and Why. First off, I just wanted to say this is, this is a really interesting book. This is not just an, an anthology of coming out stories of deconversion accounts. It's actually more like a manual. Then you bring in discussions of people's personal experience, which I thought was a fantastic approach to covering this subject. There's so much in this book, it's hard to know where to start, but maybe we should start at the beginning with a point you make often, which is oftentimes coming out as an atheist is not always as scary as people think. Yeah, well, that's definitely one of the, th the most common themes that I found when I was doing the research for this book. I read over 400 stories of atheists coming out uh, when I was researching this. And when I started out that research, I really expected to just be deluged with tragedies and horror stories. Mm -hmm. And I certainly did get those. I, I got, you know, any of those is too much. So I got too much of that. But I was surprised that I didn't get as many of those as I'd expected. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a lot of stories where people said, yeah, it wasn't a great conversation. We had a hard time at first and we struggled and we had some fights and some tears, but now things are okay. And they had expected to be just totally alienated. They'd expected to be totally shunned by their family, by their friends, by their colleagues, whatever. And it's mostly turned out okay. You know, there certainly are some people who mm -hmm. have had some very sad stories who aren't speaking to their families anymore and so on. But, but those are the exception. And that really surprised me. And even of the people who said that they had had a very difficult time, almost everybody said that they were still glad that they had done it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people said – you know, I really expected this to be hard and it really wasn't. You know, it was not, you know, it, it was – I expected the tears and the fights and the difficult conversations and it was really not that big a deal. And of course, what sometimes happens and this is my favorite kind of story <laughs> is people come out as an atheist to their family or their friends and people say, me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you told me because I'm an atheist too or I'm whatever kind of non-believer and – and I've been afraid to tell anybody. It, it's frightening. And, and yeah, we've had those experiences too where we find out, oh my gosh, I've been in a room of non-believers this whole time and didn't even realize it. It's such a frightening thing. But that's really I think the value of this book is helping people deal with their fears and preparing them, encouraging them that you know the worst case scenario probably won't happen but preparing them for the situations they will face. So you break it down into many different areas. Family, of course. Many people have to come out to family. What were some of the consistent themes you found around coming out to families? Oh, well, certainly one of the most consistent themes is that it's really important. You know, when I asked – when I started doing the, the research for this book and asked people to tell me their coming out stories, family is overwhelmingly what people wanted to talk about. And it's – I think that this is by far the longest chapter in the book is, is talking about coming out to family. And one of the most consistent themes is that – and there's a lot. But one of the most consistent themes is that coming out to family can be difficult because often families who are religious – they see religion as part of their personal identity and they often see it as part of a family identity. They can see it as part of a cultural identity or a historical identity, a geographical identity. And so when we come out as atheists, we tell them we're not religious. 
they don't just see it as I don't agree with you about something. It's not ju- it's not as simple as saying, well, you're a Republican and I've decided that I'm a Democrat. Uh, it's much more. It often feels much more like a personal rejection. You know, like you're like we're saying you are wrong and you are bad to be religious. And I think one of the things we need to accept is that. To some extent, there's no way around that. I mean, we can make sure to reassure the people that we care about that this isn't a personal rejection. This isn't about you. I just don't agree with with this. But the reality is that when you say, I don't believe in God, there's no way to say that without implying if you do believe in God, you're mistaken. (laughs) You know, it's not like coming out as LGBT where that's just something that's personally true about you. Um, That being said, though, what one of the common themes that came up again, from the research that I did for this book, was that I think it's not a good idea to have arguments about whether you believe in God, at least not during the coming out conversation. Um, You know, those arguments can actually be very, very valuable. A lot of atheists are atheists because of those arguments. But the coming out conversation is not the time for it because that – the people in your life are probably already feeling – a little raw, a little personally rejected, a little hurt that you're rejecting this family and personal and cultural identity. So you don't need to rub salt in the wounds by saying, I'm an atheist and you should be too. I love how you handled that in the book. I I think I'm probably going to botch it a little bit, but you said, uh, you know, this is not about convincing them of a point of view. This conversation with a family is that you want acceptance from them and you also want to show them that you accept them still. And uh, uh, which was such a great point. And, and what stands out to me about this book is the, the compassion. This is not about fighting over theological issues. This is about preserving relationships that are worth preserving. And always that sensitivity runs throughout. Uh, well, thank you. That's certainly what I what I strove for was you know to you know to understand that you know this isn't these conversations aren't about arguments with strangers on the internet. You know these are this is about uh, trying to maintain rela- relationships with the people that you care about. Mm-hmm. Now you uh, talk about various different strategies. You know, not it's coming out is not going to be a one size fits all thing. One of the strategies you mentioned is softening. Softening the ground first. Yeah, softening yeah. the ground first. What are some of the strengths and maybe disadvantages of an approach like that? Again, as you, the first thing I want to say is, as you said, this is not a one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. guide. You know, it's when I, in fact, when I started researching it, that's kind of how I envisioned it. I just envisioned it as like this nice little slim volume <laughs> of directions, you know, like directions on your phone. You do this and then you do this and you do this. Yeah, looking at the size of the book, it didn't turn out. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not that, um, uh, definitely. And... And a lot of the reason for that is that coming out is different for everybody. Different people have different circumstances and different people have just different personalities. So as far as like whether you want to kind of soften the ground first, start dropping hints, you know, say, oh, I'm having some doubts about religion or, you know, I think I might be questioning my faith or I'm, you know, and that kind of thing. You can do that, and a lot of people have said that that's been very successful. Uh, people said that that by the time they did eventually say, "I'm an atheist" or "I'm a non-believer," I don't believe in God anymore. People were kind of okay. That's not news to me. Right. You'd been, it you know, it's not that much of a surprise. Saw that one coming. Saw that one coming, <laughs> and it kind of gets people used to the idea gradually. Yeah. There's a couple of downsides to that. One is that some people are not going to let you 
get away with just dropping hints. There's a common theme that happens uh, to a lot of people, which is when you start dropping hints, they get freaked out and then they say, what do you mean you're having questions? Are you an atheist? And if you're going to do this off in the ground route, you need to be prepared for that and you need to be prepared for how you're going to respond if they yeah. do ask that. And so it's it's a good idea if you think that that will work and that will make people be more comfortable with it to soften the ground first. But don't do that unless you're prepared for that ground to collapse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do that unless you're prepared to have – the real conversation. Yeah. I remember when I was slowly, I, I took that same approach when I was slowly um, realizing that I was having uh, difficulty uh, retaining these beliefs. Uh, I would say I'm questioning these things, you know, and you could tell that my, my parents in this case were very uncomfortable with just even me saying something as vague as that. But luckily in my case, they didn't really press very hard on the issue. But I feel like if I were in that position, I would I would largely just say something like, "I just don't know what I believe. I'm 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 going through this, and you know, it's a I'm I'm honestly trying to assess these issues. But you know, a lot of times, you know, as you said, that's that's not going to be good enough. They're going to really want to know where you stand, and it can be very difficult to navigate that. And and very important advice too. You know, you 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 said with that with that strategy. There's the possibility of deception coming in, and you really don't want to lie to anybody. Right, you don't want to work yourself into a corner. Yeah. You had this horrifying story of a of a young woman who uh, she had lied that she was still going to church, and her father started researching on the church she she was going to and asking her what was the sermon about Sunday. Oh no! Those yeah. are those are the types of things you don't even think about until you read other people's experience, and uh, it's it's such a great asset for you to have collected all of these experiences for us. Um, what about some other strategies? Uh, you mentioned uh, what seemed odd to me because this so did not match my my style, but you see a lot of parallels in the LGBT community too with this, but the strategy of just pretending like it's not a big deal at all, just slipping it into a conversation somewhere. Yeah, and that can be very effective. It depends a little bit on who you're coming out to. Uh, there is actually a whole chapter, not a huge chapter, but there's a chapter in the book on what I call the no big deal strategy, where instead of, you know, sitting people down and saying, I have something very important to tell you, I don't believe in God anymore, I hope like you can understand. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and for the people who you're very close to, and if you think they're going to have a very hard time with it, that something like that probably is a good idea. But for people who you're less close to, just casually, acquaintances and, and so on if, if you're going to school or whatever just it can be very effective to just mention it to just mention it as if it weren't a big deal to just you know somebody says you know oh you know what did you think of you know some religious thing that's in the news oh well I'm an atheist and so what I think of that is X mm-hmm. uh, to just you know to you know wear the t-shirt or whatever to just not have it be this big production with trumpets and one of the things that that can do is it can help make atheism seem ordinary. You know, when we do sit down and have the big conversation, I have something very important to tell you now. You know, again, with people who we care about who are going to have a hard time, that makes a certain amount of sense. But it does kind of make it seem like there's something wrong with it mm-hmm. uh, or like there's so at least like there's something freakish about it. And I think that when we do just drop it into conversation as if it were every day, 
then that does make it seem just more ordinary. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and and there is, again, there's parallels here. There's a lot of parallels with coming out as LGBT. Uh, I'm bisexual, and so I know a lot about that from my own experience as well as just history. And there's some important differences as well. But certainly that's something that a lot of LGBT people do. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, they just mention their boyfriend, their girlfriend, you know, Mm -hmm. the fact that they're singing with the gay choir or whatever. Uh, They don't feel a compelling need to announce it with trumpets every single time they mention it. And that does help, I think, just make it seem ordinary. Hmm. And it's it's great now. I mean, that's kind of a strategy that works now in that community as there's greater awareness and greater acceptance. And hopefully, I mean, I think I'm seeing a change personally of, of how people relate to atheism. I remember when I used to reveal this 10 years ago, I, it was to gasps and concerned looks. And I just mentioned the other day to a student who asked me, uh, what church I went to, I mentioned that I don't, and I'm actually an atheist, which stunned her a bit because I teach religion classes. <laughs> but it wasn't a big deal. It was, it was. we had a fun conversation after, and those strategies are available. Uh, obviously, with family and close loved ones, and especially partners, it can be more difficult. So you also have a section on specifically dealing with partners and spouses. Uh, Yes, and that can be one of the most difficult things where if you both went into the marriage as religious, then when you, you know, if you leave religion, then it can seem like you're breaking the marriage vow in a sense. You know, for a a lot of times, marriage vows do have religion woven into it, and it can seem like like this really personal betrayal of this promise that you made. Um, And of course... There's a lot of really practical issues in in a marriage or a relationship mm-hmm. uh, that have to do with religion. You know, are you going to keep going to church or you, whatever religious right. services you go to together? How are if you have children? How are you going to raise children? Um, and and of course, religion has it reflects our values. And sometimes differences in religion in a relationship can either create differences in values or they can show differences in values right. that that already exist. So this is the, this is the point where I plug somebody else's book. <laughs> um, um, uh, there's a book. It's either out now or it's about to come out by Dale McGowan. It's oh, called – Dale on here. He's yeah. awesome. You should get him on your show to talk about this. Is a, he's coming out with a book called In Faith and in Doubt and it's specifically about relationships between believers and non-believers, mm-hmm. relationships and marriages. Um, but I do – you know, my chapter is just kind of a piece of that which is how to have the conversation in the first place, you know, and a little bit about how to make these decisions. In fact, I talked with Dale when I was uh, writing this chapter and got a lot of ideas from him. And one of the things that he says is to, again, and it's it's like coming out to your family, make it clear that this isn't personal. Make it clear that this is not a personal rejection. Um, and it can really help to emphasize that the fact that you love them so much, that's why you feel like you need to tell them. That's why you feel like you need to be honest with them. One of the really encouraging notes that you ended that chapter on was that sometimes a resistant spouse at first, you know, who's horrified to hear that their partner is an atheist, sometimes, even if they don't change their viewpoint, they might end up liking their partner better in the end. Uh, There was that one married couple you mentioned towards the end. Thought her husband became a better man after after becoming an atheist, and uh, which you could see. I mean, if you're if you're this kind of man, the male is the head of the household and all that garbage. Switching worldviews could be the basis of actually developing a much better, more respectful relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some interesting side topics come up from time to time. Stuff people usually wouldn't even think about, like regional differences. Um, what is it like coming out, say, in the Bible Belt? in the heart of fundamentalism, 
as opposed to coming out in a more progressive city. These are issues that aren't usually discussed, but they really do matter. I'm wondering if you have any reflections to share with us on that. Well, they definitely matter a lot. And it is one of the more important differences that I I saw when I was researching this book uh, is that, you know, coming out in, I'm a little reluctant to say the Bible Belt because that makes Mm -hmm. it seem like, you know, it's like you have all of the South versus all of the Northeast. And in fact, when you look at the United States, how religious differences and political differences really break down is by city, you know, cities versus suburbs and rural areas. Um, and almost every state is actually purple. This whole red-blue thing is kind of kind of a myth, kind of mythology. But that's still a regional difference. You know, it's like, you know, if you live in Atlanta, Georgia, versus you live in, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. And definitely one of the more uh, important things about coming out in a conservative area is that in conservative areas, religion is often very tightly woven with the social life and the political life and the economic life. And and if you are leaving religion, you're going to be leaving a lot of that. Yeah. So if you're living in a conservative region, it can be really important to find atheist community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's important for everybody, uh, but especially if you're li- living someplace where you're really going to be very isolated. And a lot of people who live in religious communities have said that they've tended to be less confrontational. You know, they tend to be less about wanting to argue with people about religion. Or if they do, they save it for the internet. Um, (laughs) um, Now, there's uh, interesting challenges in coming out in liberal or progressive communities, which is that it can be hard to find that support. Um, You know, a lot of times, and this has surprised me a lot, but I travel around the country uh, a lot to do speaking and stuff. And what I found is that atheist communities are often much stronger in conservative places because that's where people really need it. Um, But that means that if you're coming out in some place like New York City or San Francisco where there is atheist community but it's not quite as thriving, if you are having a hard time, if you're having a hard time with your family or you're having a hard time at your job or something and you really do want community, it can be a little harder to find. Uh, So that's – and that's a – and the other thing is that in liberal and progressive communities – Often the religion is new age or Mm -hmm. it's very sort of progressive. It's very kumbaya, handholdy interfaith. And yet those people can be very hostile to atheists. And that's something that a lot of people in progressive areas don't necessarily expect and Mm -hmm. and surprises when they come out. This so mirrors our own personal experience in in our local group, CFI Michigan – we wanted to be visible members of the community. We wanted to be taking part in social action around the area and making common cause with religious people who share our values. So we plugged into the interfaith community thinking we'll be welcomed with open arms. But as you point out in the book, the whole premise of interfaith is respecting everybody's beliefs and we're all seeing some other aspect of God. Atheism can be surprisingly threatening to that group. You also devote a a portion to, you know, groups that are already marginalized, people of color, women, LGBT issues, and their unique experiences coming out of religion. What are some of the challenges they face? Well, of course, it depends on which marginalized group you're talking about. And, and of course, those experiences are very diverse. Uh, But to try to sum it up in a nutshell, you have kind of a couple of different problems. One is that if you're coming out, if you're African-American, if you're Hispanic, um, even if you're lesbian, gay, bisexual, or trans, often religion can be very tightly woven in those communities. I know that surprises some people that LGBT 
world can be very religious, but often it can be. And certainly the African-American community can be very religious. Latino, Hispanic communities can be very religious. You know, people, you know, families who are of Middle Eastern descent can be very religious. And that's especially true when if you're mar a marginalized group and religion is a big part of both your cultural identity as a marginalized group and it's also just how you organize. It's how you pro provide social support in the face mm -hmm. of oppression. And so it can be very extra difficult if you're uh, coming out in and you're part of those groups because it you're first of all you're losing that support that people in those groups get from right. their religion which was already a small group which is already a small yes. group and you're already marginalized so you're now facing this extra marginalization yeah. you know it's like you're African American and you're an atheist so people hate you for two reasons and and then of course that fe feeling of rejection that people have about you leaving religion that can be really amplified if their religion is very important to them because it's part of their marginalization so you have all that, and then you add to that the fact that the atheist community is not always that great on these issues. Yeah. You know, the atheist community and the atheist movement is not always the most feminist. It's not always the most anti-racist. Um, we're pretty good on lesbian, gay, bi issues, but we're not gr great on trans issues. You're, you're like So you're leaving your supportive community that supports you about everything other than the fact that you don't believe in God. And then you come into this community that supports you about not believing in God, but they're not always supportive about, about your other marginalization, about race, about gender, about sexual identity. And it's not that there's often like this hugely overt, you know, it's not like people are in the K, like you're going to join the atheist group and it turns out that they're a cover group for the KKK or something like that. <laughs> it, it's not that. But, you know, we have unconscious bias. It has yeah. been very well documented. If you're skeptics, you shouldn't be doubtful about <laughs> yeah. this because there's tons of research on yeah. this. Um, and, you know, we have these unconscious biases. And until we start dealing with people who are from these marginalized groups, we often don't become, con we're not conscious of them. And then, of course, when people try to do consciousness raising, there's often yeah. resistance. Yeah. And, and, you know, and a unique problem in our group is, I, I, I think sometimes, is we, we really think we don't have an issue on these on these things. We think of ourselves as, hey, I already left religion. I already got over this bigotry. We think we don't have much left to examine in ourselves. And boy, does that come out when some of these oppressed groups take membership. We have to sort through these issues. Yeah. I'm glad that you and others, and you've consistently, this has been a theme on your blog, on Free Thought blogs, and I'm, I'm glad that we're finally really having this discussion on a wide scale. Uh, in our movement. Yeah, I am too. And people, you know, often complain that it's divisive. And yes, it is divisive. It's, these are hard conversations to have. And it's hard to really accept that you've been discriminated against people without mm -hmm. meaning to for your whole life. That's, that's a hard thing to accept. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're not going to move forward as a movement if we don't accept that. You know, we can't make ourselves better if we don't accept the ways that we're failing. And I am seeing a lot of progress. I mean, you know, it's like these conversations can be very divisive and they can be very upsetting. But I'm also seeing a lot more diversity mm -hmm. in, in local groups, um, on the internet, uh, at, you know, conferences and other big events. I'm seeing a lot more diversity oh, yeah. than I used to. To. And so it is. So it is making a difference. A decade ago, it was white, old white guys, mostly everywhere you saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it is still predominantly white, from what I've seen anecdotally. But the gender split is getting much more equal, and uh, it's encouraging to see so much change happening so fast. Maybe to wrap things up, what about people who say, "I don't want to come out. This is this is stressful. I'm scared of how people will react." 
Why come out in the first place? Uh, well, the first thing I want to say is I have compassion for that. Mm -hmm. it, 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 is, it can be difficult to come out. Um, you know, if you're stressed out, I'm not going to say, oh, you shouldn't be. That's ridiculous. Um, what I will say is that overwhelmingly, atheists who have come out of the closet say that they're glad that they did it. Again, I read over 400 coming out atheist stories uh, when I was researching this book. Out of those over 400 stories, literally one person said they regretted it. Um, everybody else said that they were glad they did it. They sometimes had regrets about how they did it, you know, about the timing, who they came out to first, their tone, and so on. And that's a lot of what this book is about, is learning from other atheists about that, the how, you know. Mm -hmm. but, but overwhelmingly, atheists say that they're glad they did it. And, and yes, being out can be stressful, but being in the closet is stressful as mm -hmm. well. You know, you're always having to bite your tongue. Uh, you're, when people say bigoted things about atheism, you have to just stay quiet and take it in. You can't push back against it. Um, you're having to lie about something that's really important to people who really care about you. And you always have to worry, what if somebody finds out? If you're out to anybody, if you're out to like a handful of friends, if you have an anonymous presence on the internet, you have to worry about what happens if somebody finds out. Mm -hmm. So, and this has been, this is very much reflected in the LGBT community as well. Even when coming out is hard, even when it means facing bigotry, it it's easier. You can just relax. You don't have to worry about – you don't have to worry about what happens if people find out because people know. Um, and coming out is how we find each other. If you're, it's how we create communities and it's how we push back against the bigotry. I mean, yes, there's bigotry against atheists and when we come out, we face that. But every time we do that, we chip away at it. And every person that we come out to, uh, it chips away at that little bit of bigotry a little bit more. You know, mm -hmm. we're seeing, le we're already, polls and stuff are showing less anti-atheist bigotry than there was even five or 10 years ago. And it's the fact that we're coming out that's making that difference. So as stressful as it is, um, overwhelmingly uh, atheists say that it makes their lives better and it makes lives better for other atheists. It makes it easier for other atheists to come out. It makes it easier for us to build community. It makes it easier to create a political movement that pushes back against some of the, the policies uh, that harm us. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I totally have compassion for people who say that they're having a hard time with it. Um, and certainly, if you think it's really going to mess up your life, if it's, you know, you're going to get kicked out of your home, you're going to, your parents are going to cut off your tuition, you're going to lose your job, then definitely be, you get to be careful. You get to decide this is not a good time for me. But overwhelmingly, uh, atheists who have come out uh, say that their lives are better for it. So that's the main encouragement that I would give. So listeners out there who are still in the closet over their atheism, Luckily, you're not alone, and you have the collective wisdom of many who have gone before you and come out about their atheism, and you can get that in a handy volume by Greta Christina, Coming Out Atheist. Um, do you have a preferred vendor for, uh, for people to buy this book from? Or? Um, not really. Uh, the full title, by the way, is Coming Out Atheist, How to Do It, How to Help Each Other, and Why. The book is available in print. It's available in ebook for people who mm -hmm. prefer that. It's available in audiobook. Um, I did the recording for the audiobook if people are enjoying the dulcet sounds of my voice. Um, <laughs> but stone tablet? Stone, stone tablets, yeah. absolutely. Chiseled into stone tablets. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to have a link to, to uh, where you can purchase Greta Christina's book and a link to her blog at our website, doubtcast.org. Uh, Greta Christina, thank you so much for what you're doing to help this movement and for writing this excellent book. And thank you for joining us on Reasonable Doubts. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the work you're doing here at, at their podcast and at CFI. Thank you.